Wonderful. Well, we're so glad that you're all here. Again, I'm Muriel. I'm one of the pastors at Unity. This is our special guest, my dad, Matthew, <laughs> who's visiting us for a couple of days. And this is our Tuesday night Acts Plus Bible study. Most of you, I think, have been hanging around for the last few weeks, but anybody who is new, uh, welcome. We have been walking week by week through. It's actually one of our confirmation mm-hmm. curriculums. Um, and it's on the book of Acts, Paul's letters, and um, a couple other Old Testament. The way So our confirmation program, one of the two years is exclusively Bible. So they have one trimester on Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, one trimester on Gospels. That's the one that I get to teach. And then they have a trimester on Acts Plus. And the mm. book of Acts is like a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. It's about the earliest days of the church. Um, and I somehow went through an entire master's degree of seminary without reading or studying the book of Acts. It just kind of uh, slipped through the holes. So I wanted to teach the material before the students learn it. They'll be starting March 9th. They're going to start this Mm -hmm. material. So I wanted to teach it and learn it um, before we do it with them. So thank you all for being with us. We are on week five and we're, we're finally getting to Paul. So last week, we did a broadcast from El Salvador, All right. which was really fun. Sorry, you guys, if you were with us last week, the internet I heard was super spotty, um, but it worked for a little bit. And then we recorded the rest as a video and posted mm. it later. But I had guests from the trip with me and we were talking about, we were finishing talking about Peter, who's the, um, the main character at the beginning of the book of Acts and kind of the transition because he's in the gospels and there. Mm-hmm with Jesus when he dies and comes back. And then he's the one who continues on. Um, And then we kind of switched over to Paul and Paul is um, just in the book of Acts. And he is the one who wrote a bunch of the letters Mm -hmm. like the, like the first Corinthians 13, the really famous love is patient, Mm -hmm. love is kind that everyone Mm -hmm. does at their weddings. Um, So Paul's the main character for like the second two thirds of the book of Acts. And last week we went over his conversion story because he is a, like a religious bounty hunter. He's supposed to go out and find Christians and arrest them. Um, And then he has this crazy experience on the road to Damascus and is struck blind. um, And then eventually ends up like founding, becoming a follower of Jesus and founding a bajillion churches. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. (laughs) So we're glad that you guys are here. So uh, we, now I know that any of you who were blessed to witness the dramatic reenactment of that conversion story that we did with the El Salvador Travelers last week, um, uh, we are going to start, I think, by putting up Let's see if I can do it. Putting up in order the, so not, these are not in order. So this is um, all different events from that story and your task friends is to try and put them in order. (laughs) So take a look and see if you can think in your head, how did the story unfold? What was the order of things? So the characters are Jesus and I don't know if you ever met TJ Roach, but his job was to be booming voice of Jesus, <laughs> which he did really well. Then we have Saul, um, who is the bounty hunter who then flips and becomes missionary. And then we have Ananias, 
who um, is already a follower of Jesus and is sent by God to go minister to Saul. And he's like, what? You're sending me to this? I mean, this guy's mm-hmm. job is literally to arrest me and you're sending <laughs> me to go help him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know a bunch of people are listening to this as a podcast. So I will read them off or let's read them off together. We'll alternate um, and you can think about. So um, what order do these things happen? Jesus told Ananias to go to Damascus and meet Saul. His eyes were open, but Saul could not see. It actually says no see. So thank you for correcting my typo. Saul is a threat to anyone who believes in Jesus. Ananias. And Ananias baptized Saul and fed him. I love that he fed him, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the body and the soul. Sorry. Saul began to proclaim Jesus and the church grew. On the road to Damascus, Saul saw a flash of light. Ananias said he was not the right guy to send to Saul. <laughs> Ananias laid his hands on Saul and his sight was restored. Okay, so those are all jumbled up. That is not the correct order. So take a look and see if you can kind of get straight in your head the order in which they came. Oh, hi, Jim. Hi, Beth. Glad you guys are here. I'm sure you all, because you're so brilliant, have figured out the correct order, which is, okay, so first Saul is this big, bad bounty hunter person persecuting Christians. Then he's traveling. Mm -hmm. And there's this big flash of light. And you remember from the Acts 2 story, everyone, that flashes of light and fire are often associated with the Holy Spirit. So something big is about to happen. Um, But as part of this revelation that he has, he um, is struck blind. He can't see. So Jesus tells this person, Ananias, to go to Damascus to meet Saul. Ananias is not thrilled about this assignment, not thrilled to say it mildly, but he does go and he lays hands on Saul and then magically he can see. And you know, right, that there's lots of metaphors going on here about like um, um, sight as understanding. So like you can see, you can be able to see but, but not be able to, uh, you can see with your eyes, but not be able to see mm-hmm. with wisdom or with your heart um, and the reverse as well. So his sight is restored and then Ananias baptizes Saul, gives him snack and then off goes Saul. So let's see, what does it mean when God changes your name? Mm. Have you ever had mm. your name change? You didn't change it for marriage. When you had your bar mitzvah, did, is there a name element with that? No. Mm-mm. No. Um, what do no, they call just, you in was, Gambia? I was going to say, I've had names. So in, in Gambia, I did have a Gambian name. What was it? Do you remember? Yes. Abdullah So. Abdullah So. Actually, yes. I remember that. Yes. Abdullah. So friends, have any of you ever had a name change and wasn't significant to you in any way? I, um, were you, so when I got married, I dropped (laughs) my names and took Andrew's name. You had given me hyphen names. Long name. 
I was Gallo, which is my mom's name and Chesna, which is your name. And, you know, as cool as Andrew is, the real reason I married him is because his name is only four letters. <laughs> Were you disappointed that I dropped yeah. Chesna? Yeah. No, not at no. all. No. Were you happy wasn't. that Emma didn't drop Chesna? <laughs> I'm totally up to you guys. Mm -hmm. you do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one's yours. We'll see what he says when I'm not listening. Yeah, that's true. When God changes your name, there are several Bible stories where someone's name is changed. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jacob in Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, one of the stories we're going to do in Lent, by the way, Lent Wednesday services starting soon, um, his name is changed. Who else's name they're changed? That's the only one I can think of. Uh, I think there's a couple more though. And, and it's a big deal. It's like a, mm -hmm. it's like a transformation. Um, means God has big plans for you. Um, so Saul, who's going to become Paul, is really ends up being the perfect person for the job that, that he ends up doing, which is traveling around, um, introducing more people to Jesus' teachings, starting new communities that are centered on Jesus teaching and navigating all of this crazy conflict. So throughout the book of Acts, there's a ton of conflict. And um, I think we'll actually stop screen sharing so we can talk about that. And so you can see us again. Let's see. Hi guys. <laughs> uh, there's a ton of conflict. And um, then we also, if you read some of the letters that Paul wrote, they also always address churches, communities that are in conflict over something. And you have to read behind between the lines to get to that. So like the letter will be teaching about the value of unity and setting aside your differences mm -hmm. or like not following leaders just because they're charismatic. And so like, okay, mm -hmm. if they're writing that in the letter, mm -hmm. then we know if he's writing about peace and unity, then we know he's writing to a place that is not experiencing peace and unity. So that is kind of Paul's role for the rest of his life. And we're going to trace through some of that um, tonight. And we are going to start by reading in Acts 9. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, you surely can. So where did we last leave Saul after his crazy um conversion so now we're in acts 9 19 okay so for several days he was with the disciples in damascus um that's so that's where he had been on the road to damascus when it happened and immediately he began to proclaim jesus in the synagogue saying jesus is the son of god and all who heard him were amazed and said uh is this not the guy who made havoc in jerusalem among those who invoked the name of Jesus, has he not come here specifically for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? So they are like, whoa, <laughs> this guy has changed a bit. Um, and um, it doesn't, um, it turns out that it's not going to be good to stay for him to stay in Damascus. So there is a growing, there's growing conflict um, between Jewish Christians and Jewish Jews. And um, Saul discovers that there's a plot to kill him. And so he leaves and he goes to Jerusalem. So that sounds like this. After some time had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. 
They were watching the gates day and night so that they might kill him. But his disciples took him by night and they let him down through an opening in the wall in a basket. So they actually like help him sneak out the window, lowering him down in this basket. Now, there is definitely some after the fact editing that goes on in the book of Acts that um, emphasizes and politicizes the Jewish Christian conflict. So you hear how in this translation, they say it was the Jews who were planning to kill him. But Paul doesn't actually describe it that way because mm-hmm. he references this in one of his letters. And um, he says that the threat is not from the Jews, it's from the Nabotnian king. So when you read the book of Acts, it is, for me at least, it can be kind of hard to read because they just... Um, put it as this very us versus them, Jews versus Christians polemic. And that's just like not really what was happening at the time. And um, I'm especially aware of it, talking about it with you, mm-hmm. raised Jewish. So um, as for all of us, whatever our background, as we read the book of Acts, it is super important to remember the four different groups that were involved at this point. So um, we have people who are Jewish. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we have people who are Jewish, but have decided they want to be part of this Jesus movement. There's no such thing as Christianity right now. And there won't be for like another one or two centuries. That's how long it takes for Christianity and Judaism to split. It starts, it's just like a stream within Judaism. So you have people who are Jewish, people who are Jewish and following Jesus. Then you have people who are not Jewish, but want to follow Jesus. And then you have the Roman empire, who is like actually the big powerhouse Mm -hmm. under which they all, they all are minorities Mm -hmm. and all have to live. And so um, the main theme throughout the book of Acts is conflict Mm -hmm. between those groups and trying to decide like who's in and who's out. So there is mega conflict between Jewish people who want to follow Jesus and who don't Mm -hmm. and like the Jewish people who want to follow Jesus, they still consider themselves Jewish and they want to be Jewish. And um, we see in all four of these groups, there are people who are tolerant and welcoming and accepting. And there are people Mm -hmm. who are not. Mm -hmm. And so um, in the people who are Jewish and want to follow Jesus, there are some who are say, actually, we're the only legitimate Jews. And if you're a Jew and you're not following Jesus, you don't count. And then there are others who say, we're still Jewish. We just, it's a different kind than you. Within the people who are just Jewish, there are some who are like, we're the only ones who are Jewish. And if you're doing the Jesus thing, you don't count. And then there are ones who are like, we're just doing different ways of being Jewish. Same thing within the Gentile Christians, the ones who are not Jewish. Some people say, no, this is a Jewish thing. And if you want to follow Jesus, you need to follow all of our laws and be mm. circumcised and mark our holy days. And the Gentile Christians are like, well, can't we just follow Jesus but keep all of our other customs? And some people say yes, and some people say no. And then within the Roman Empire, there are some voices that are like, we can have a lot of different religious mm-hmm. discourse within our empire. And some that are like, no, you got to worship the emperor out here. So the whole book of Acts is Paul 
first Peter and then Paul trying to help people navigate mm -hmm. all of this and which like which parts of yourself and your faith can you compromise and agree to disagree and which parts are like no we're really different mm -hmm. and if they are really different is that okay mm -hmm. or is it not so he brings just this fascinating perspective because he was such he was one of those absolutely extremist jews beforehand and just has this really turn apart of like and i don't i don't think the conversion so much is like flipping sides he doesn't just become the other version of extremism it's like this is a large tent mm -hmm. <laughs> we, can, mm -hmm. we can do this differently it's okay so let's read the next bit shall we let's see so he's escaped in a basket and he goes to jerusalem and he goes to the people who are already following jesus there so knowing what we know about saul what do you think their reception of him is uh not awesome He's skeptical of him huh yeah yes yeah, he's supposed to be coming to arrest them. So when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempts to, to join the disciples, the followers of Jesus, but they were all afraid of him because they didn't believe that he was actually a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, described for them how he had seen God on the road, who had spoken to him, how he had had this change of heart, how he'd been you know, preaching the way of Jesus in Damascus. So Barnabas kind of um, vouches for him mm -hmm. and smooths the way um, so that he can go in and do his work because Barnabas, um, also Jewish, Jewish follower of Jesus and, and kind of paves the way for him. So, hi, Angie. Um, so now the believers are like, okay, okay, he's fine. Um, but some of the Jewish authorities are like, no, like we, we got to get this guy out of here. So let's see what happens next. We're going to skip a little bit. Um, we're going to start talking about some of the journeys. So Saul gets in trouble again. He's like, <laughs> he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. So he goes to Tarsus, which is his hometown, and he spends some time there. Then he joins Barnabas in Antioch, and Antioch becomes kind of his home base. And I think we have a photo of that on a map for you. Um, and then so about 12 years after his conversion, which might be a historical number, but is also in the Bible that uses the number 12 to be a completion. So they're kind of saying mm. like after mm. the completion of his initial phase of faith, then he starts his four journeys. And we are going to screen share again so that you can see this on a map. Okay, let's see. Antioch, so this becomes kind of his home base. Jerusalem, so that's where um, he first goes after his Damascus experience. All right. And so um, he takes four journeys. Mm -hmm. Now, again, when you read the narrative and act, they've been doing some major editing. Because people have really tied themselves up in knots. 
trying to look for things Paul references in the letters that he writes and then trying to match them back up to the timeline of the book of Acts. Save yourself the effort. It, it doesn't match up. Um, this is, you know, more of a, not metaphorical, but like general. So four journeys. So the first one he's with Barnabas. It's about two years or halfway through that first century. Um, and it's a small loop in the Mediterranean going in and out of Antioch. Then he goes on a journey with Silas about three years. And it's a larger loop, still begins and ends in Antioch, goes back to some of the communities mm -hmm. that he had been to originally, um, spends a good bit of time in prison. There's a fun story about um, that they're in jail together and they're singing. They just sit there mm -hmm. singing. It makes you think of like civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. you know? They're in jail and they're singing um, and they sing so loud that God shakes open the jail and the jailers um, are going to commit suicide because they've let them escape. And so mm -hmm. they're like more honorable to take their own life. And Paul and Silas are like, no, don't do it. We, we, won't, we won't go anywhere. We'll stay here so you don't get in trouble. And then the guy ends up joining them in their mission. Journey three, um, I'll Paul with several different people. This is a longer one, four years. Um, again, visits more compute more communities um, is arrested and sent back to prison in Jerusalem. And then the fourth journey um, is when he's, um, he's kind of on house arrest and traveling around. Um, he still writes letters. Mm -hmm. And so several of his letters are written from prison, mm -hmm. uh, which gives them an interesting like one is all about suffering and how to suffer with faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we want to show you now another map so you can see. Where's my arrow? Here it's gone. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see a map of all of the different there we go can you see that there's all the loops this green small little first loop wider second loop similar third loop and then the journey to rome as a prisoner and i think Again, this isn't probably a historically accurate, but I think what the author of Luke is trying to show is one of the main themes of Acts, which is the circle of who's included is getting wider mm -hmm. and wider mm -hmm. and wider and wider. Let's see, I'm gonna peek at the chat and see if anyone has questions. Hi, Alice, glad you're here. We've been praying for you, sister. Hey, Debbie. Um, so yeah, just these questions of who's in and who's out and, and Paul really pushing people to be like, I mean, I think if you summed up Paul's message, it would be like, if you ever draw a line in the sand, Jesus is always going to be on the other side. Mm -hmm. 
So just a constant broadening and, um, of who counts and who's in and, and who's part of this community that we're in. So how's everybody doing? We're getting close to the end of our time. See what else I wanted to sneak in tonight. The journeys, the conflict. Um, yeah, so eventually at the eventually the third journey leads to this big council in Jerusalem. And this is um, all of the Christians, both Jewish Christians and um, Gentile Christians. And they're trying to decide whether these Gentiles need to become Jewish mm -hmm. to follow mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really contentious. And eventually they decide, no, we can do this. We can each do this our own way. Later on, beyond the story of Acts, is when we finally get the split between Judaism and Christianity, when they finally mm -hmm. say, you know what, Let, like, let's stop forcing this. Mm -hmm. We can eat, we don't have to be the same. Like we can mm -hmm. each own our own tradition and, and our own identity. So that happens after the story. Um, but those themes of, you know, what makes us who we are? Mm -hmm. What can we compromise? What can we not flows throughout? And I think is really important to us right now in this time when this feels like everything is so polarized, right. you know? And how can we pursue unity without sacrificing, without sacrificing our integrity, I guess. So. Ah, oh, friends, I'm glad you're here. I would love to hear all of your thoughts. This is when it's hard to not be in a room with, these are all people that right. I am incredibly fond of and have wonderful mm. wise things to mm -hmm. say. And I would love to hear what all of you think about how we navigate this these days. Um, but I think that's most of our material for tonight. And next week, we're gonna be doing Paul part two um, tonight we cover where he goes and next week we'll cover what he does when he goes there and what okay. he says in some of his letters. We will have um, a different special guest next week, <laughs> not quite as incredible as you, is, of course. But it's great fun to be here though. Here's, yeah, here's such a next good week. Spark. Michelle Abrahamian, she is our new Christian ed director. I don't think mm -hmm. we've met her yet. Mm -hmm. She's our new Christian ed director, and she is the one who gets to teach this material oh, great. starting March 9th, um, and she's a super experienced educator. She mm -hmm. was the assistant principal at the biggest school near us for a long, long time, but she mm -hmm. hasn't taught this material yet, so she's going to come, and we're going to chat and pick her brain. It'll be fabulous, so join us next Tuesday for Paul Part 2. Um, I think one last closing thought for you all. Um, yeah, yeah, Mary is saying that Barnabas, Barnabas made a, a huge difference by being willing to mm -hmm. include Paul, mm -hmm. by willing to say, even after everything you've done, there's still a space, mm -hmm. like there's a place for you here. 
and work for you to do. And Mary, you have led so beautifully into my closing thought, which is um, there's this theme throughout the scriptures, Hebrew Bible, New Testament, both of God using really unlikely people, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So prostitutes, hated tax collectors, um, people who have cheated and swindled their siblings and family members, um, people who are really poor, people who are foreigners with no status, like illegal immigrants mm -hmm. in the country that they're in. Um, in fact, if, they, if God ever uses someone who like makes sense, it would be very much the mm -hmm. exception mm -hmm. and not the rule. And Saul turned Paul is the perfect example of that. And so here's the takeaway for all of you tonight, which is we always think about our gifts and how to use our gifts for God, which is awesome. And you totally can think about that. I kind of think that God actually uses our weaknesses mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, our, our, our insecurities or flaws or that, like that tends to be the site where God actually gets more done as opposed to stuff we're really good at. Um, and Paul ends up being so perfectly suited for his work not because he's been like this devout Christ follower his whole life, right. but because he wasn't, um, because he's seen firsthand how intolerance and extremism hurts people who are its victims and hurts people who are its perpetrators. Mm -hmm. um, because he grew up Jewish, he is able to talk to the Jewish Christians and speak, you know, speak their language and, and, and understand them and work with them and connect with them because he is a Roman citizen by birth. He's able to kind of do the Roman discourse and he's allowed to freely travel, mm -hmm. which obviously ends up being huge. And, and so it's actually all of, all of the really hurtful, horrible stuff he did that ends up being what God uses to make him so effective mm -hmm. at speaking to people about a message of compassion. So it's not that you shouldn't celebrate your gifts or think about ways God can use them. Um, but, you know, when there's something that we're insecure about or our flaws are like my tendency at least is to cover it up, cover it up, try and not let anyone see mm -hmm. it. And Anytime that we can kind of not be afraid of those parts of ourselves and actually offer those up to God, cool stuff will happen. Last thoughts. Great stuff. No, that's great stuff. That's where the growth happens. Mm -hmm. So, no, very good. Thanks for being with us. Nice job, my little girl. Thanks for being with <laughs> us, everyone. We will see you next Tuesday, but for now, God bless you and keep you. God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. God look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Go in peace, my friends. See you next week. Good night.